0: I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this podcast is sponsored by Rothy's, the ingenious company that repurposes plastic water bottles into their signature thread that they use to make shoes, bags, and more. It can be so fun to get dressed up during the holidays, from comfy Christmas sweaters to getting a little more dressed up to see a performance like the Nutcracker. Of course, no outfit is complete without a great pair of shoes. For chic and comfortable flats that can easily be dressed up and dressed down for any kind of seasonal gathering, I shop Rothy's. I have the Point in Portobello, which is a perfect shade of nude for a polished date night look, and I also have the Sneaker in Desert Cat, which is a leopard print slip-on tennis shoe that can add that pop of fun to any outfit. Both of my pairs of Rothy's look good with any outfit I choose, and I can always rely on them for comfort all day long. Get stylish shoes versatile and durable enough to wear all the time with Rothy's. Get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash 3 and 30 That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot slash 3in30. Welcome to 3 and 30 a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. It is solidly December, my friends, and maybe like me, you are in full holiday prep mode. Maybe you're listening to this podcast while doing something festive like wrapping gifts or baking cookies or doing holiday shopping. Or maybe you haven't even really started thinking about the holidays yet and you're like, Rachel, don't remind me. I have so much left to do. No stress, my friend. You are just fine, no matter how prepared or unprepared you are for the holidays. And I hope this episode will give you something fun to think about for how you are going to transition out of the holiday hubbub and into a new year. I have to be honest and tell you that I struggled to decide when to air this episode because it's about New Year's traditions, and I didn't want to give you one more thing to think about right now, but I also didn't want to wait to air it until December 26th when you might not have time to take action on any of it, so I'm giving it to you now with a caveat that you can just let these ideas simmer over the next few weeks, and then if you want to, Take action in a way that feels exciting to you and that aligns with your family's personality and your energy levels as you head into a new year. I've also created a free worksheet for you with some guiding questions as you plan a new year's reflection night with your family. So if you're just not ready to think about this yet, subscribe to get that free download that you can revisit when you're in a settled brain space. The URL to get that and 30 3in30podcast.com slash year, and I'll link that in the show notes. So my guest today, talking to us all about how reflecting on the year can strengthen your family, is Vanessa Quigley, a renowned memory expert and a mother of seven. In 2014, Vanessa co-founded Chatbooks to make it easier for families to organize and enjoy their family stories through easy-to-make, beautiful photo books. Vanessa's aha moment came when she found her youngest son clutching his most prized possession, a photo album his preschool teacher had made for him. Vanessa knew then that she needed to figure out an easy way to get the precious family photos off of her phone and into her children's hands so they could relive the memories that they'd shared and have a tangible reminder of their family's love. Now, millions of parents have printed their family memories with the Chatbooks app. Vanessa was named Ernst & Young's Entrepreneur of the Year in 2017. She authored DIY advice book, Real Moms, Real Hacks, and she hosts the MomForce podcast, which is in the top 3% of parenting podcasts nationwide. In 2021, Chapbooks was named the number one place to work for women in the United States by Fortune Magazine. Vanessa is a true rock star, a mom and a business owner whom I try to emulate. This is actually her second appearance on 3 and 30, and it's an honor to have her back today to give us some concrete ideas for how to make the new year a memorable milestone with our families. So let's jump right in. Vanessa, welcome back to 3 and 30. We are so excited to talk with you today.
1: It's so good to be here. It's been a long time, Rachel. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. It's been a couple of years, but I loved your first episode all about mothering different ages and stages of kids. You have a large family. You have seven children Mm -hmm. with a big gap ranging in age from 27 to 14 now. So you know about being a busy mom. (laughs) We all do. It doesn't matter how many kids you have. One kid will take over your life, right? It's true. It's so true. But I love our topic for today is about slowing down and taking a minute or an evening to reflect on the good in our lives to look back on the year we're in the holiday season right now it's crazy but i'm so grateful you're going to give us some ideas of how to make sure that we don't just sort of collapse at the end of the holiday season and sort of crawl into the new year but start it with a little bit of intention and tradition and looking back with our families. so why are you so passionate about this about looking back in order to strengthen your family
1: well, as a mom, especially as my kids get older, it feels like time is going so fast, hmm. right? And I have this weird recurring dream. i say I'm a theater performer That at heart. That's what I love. And I have this recurring, I'll call it a nightmare, that all of a sudden I realize I have a show tonight and I don't know my lines. And I end up on stage with no clue of what I'm doing. And that hmm. panic feeling is terrifying. Okay, I had a spinoff of that dream just the other night that... All of a sudden, I'm trying to figure out what should we have for dinner. Of course, no one has any clues. It's always up to mom to plan dinner and figure out what we're going to eat. And that's when I realized it was Christmas Eve. And I had done nothing. No shopping, no decorating. You know, and mealtime around the holidays is a big deal. Like, I love planning the meals and shopping for them and preparing. And all of a sudden, we're Christmas Eve, and I have nothing. Oh, my goodness. That trumped all of my scary theater dreams. <laughs> you know, we have so many hopes and dreams for how the years are going to go. And especially around the holiday times, we get so busy, like, making all everyone's holiday dreams come true. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know— it's the day after Christmas, mm-hmm. and you're just slammed with, like, this hungover, overwhelmed mm-hmm. feeling, and you're just, like, digging through wrapping paper and trying to, like, you know, put your life back together. And then next thing you know, it's January 1st, and you're thrown back into that hamster wheel again, yep. right? Yep. Is that oh, <laughs> is it just yep. me, or is that how it tends
0: to play out? So relatable.
1: So a few years ago, I realized that like that week between Christmas and New Year's doesn't have to be this like hustling, shopping, errand running, cleaning. You know, that can be a sacred time for downtime. Mm-hmm. Who cares if the Christmas decorations stay up longer or if the house is a mess? Most of the entertaining is over. And I've like to take that week for myself to unwind, to pamper myself a little bit, mostly to reflect on everything that had gone down just in the last few days of the holidays, but also through the whole year. And so we've, as a family, kind of embraced this mentality and have created a few traditions and things Mm. that we do to deliberately slow down and mark the moment and reflect on the year.
0: Mm, I love it. And I'm so grateful you're going to share some of those ideas with us today I don't know many families that have sort of of end-of-year or New Year traditions, so I think this is really unique, and I'm excited to learn from you. So let's start with your first takeaway.
1: Well, first, can I just say that we have been for years doing this as a family, but we had a a significantly hard year just this past year. And when the holiday season came around and the New Year time came around after that event, we actually didn't feel like reflecting on the year. We had just barely been able to survive the year. And everything that I say, I just want to put that caveat out there that like, and I know we all have, you know, ups and downs and bumps in the road and all of that's important part of our story. But if there's something really, really painfully hard, like a death or a family, like maybe you skip a year or maybe you modify or maybe you change the way that you reflect. I know last year was really different for us, but I feel like we're more than a year out now from my son's divorce. And and I'm hoping that this year we will have- Some more happy moments to look on. So just a little caveat that everybody's experience is different and there's no one size fits all.
0: Yes. Thank you for adding that.
1: A few years ago, my husband's cousin shared about a tradition that they had started. It's called a Remember When Dinner. Have Mm -hmm. you ever heard of that?
0: No, but I love the title of it, Remember When.
1: Okay, so a remember when dinner. All right, I love marking every holiday with food, right? There are special meals or, or dishes that we like to serve. And so this idea is that you take time For us, we like to do it on New Year's Eve, although if some of the kids have some more exciting plans, we will do it on any other day around the new year. But take a time to gather around a meal and share the highs and lows of the year and reflect on kind of what we've learned and who we've become. It can take some prep. The dinner can be as fancy as you want. I know my friend Melissa, when she does it, she does a very fancy four-course meal. Mm. So nice. Or you could do takeout. Yeah, It's a popular option on New Year's Eve. Um, Our family, we like to eat some traditional lucky foods. I'm from the South, so black-eyed peas and collard greens and cornbread, they're traditionally considered lucky. Mm. Anyway, our family loves that food. So that's traditionally what we have at our New Year's dinner. Um, So the food can be whatever you want, but the magic of this dinner happens in the conversations that you're having. And to do that, to prep for that, I like to give everyone in our family – five or six questions to be thinking about ahead of time because you won't want to put them on the spot and be like, you know, what was the most important lesson you learned for this year? And they're like, uh, what do you have time to think about it? Yeah. And I ask everyone to kind of jot down a few thoughts to share. I like to include some like reflective questions, like what's the most important lesson you learned or what challenges have you overcome or what new skills have you learned? But it's also fun to include some fun questions like what's your most embarrassing moment from this year or best movie that you saw or book that you read or – oh, Spotify does a really great job of showing you what your most listened to song was mm-hmm. of the year. Mm-hmm. We love sharing those. So coming to this meal or dinner or whatever, you don't even have to have food. Just have some drinks and sit around the fire and just – Mm -hmm. Gathering is the intent, but the conversations come prepared to share things, to help your family reflect. And as we've done this over the years, the things that I love about it is, I mean, I've got seven kids. It's hard to keep track of everybody, but I generally feel like I have a bead on everyone. But the things that come out of these meals are often surprising. Mm. You know, the things that were the most important lessons that I thought that, you know, Isabel had learned, she's sharing something totally different. So it's Mm. just a great way to learn about each other and to connect. And I always encourage the kids to take the notes that they had taken and make sure those go in their journal. Mm. And then after the dinner, I extend an invitation for them to then reflect on what they want for the next year and jot down a few things. Maybe this is the time where you want to do your New Year's resolutions, or maybe you just have a thought of like, this is how I hope to feel next year. Yeah. Just creating an opportunity, a moment to reflect. And then be deliberate about where you would like to see next year going.
0: Yeah. I love this idea of a remember when dinner. My mom used to do New Year's Day breakfast, and it was probably more like lunchtime because everybody would be sleeping in after New yes. Year's Eve. But I think that she knew that she wasn't going to be able to convince her teenagers to stay home with her on New Year's Eve. We always had fun plans. So she's like, that's fine, but you have to be here for a breakfast slash lunch. I love it. And she would put the little, like, the New Year blowers on the place settings, and we'd actually do a countdown, which was ridiculous. We'd count down as if it was the New no, Year, I you know, that. and we'd all cheer. And so she kind of worked with the needs of her teenage kids, but still said, I still want to spend... This time with you and reflect and look back. And I don't think we did this my whole life, but in my teen years, we'd have the same questions every year that we would, we'd all sit around and journal them at the same time. And then we'd all go around and read like, okay, question number one was highs of the year and we'd all go around and share. And then question number two was challenges and we'd all go around and share. And it was just really connective. I also appreciate that the time was built in for us to do it. Like we all sat there and did the writing together. So it wasn't like Mm -hmm. you were trying to figure out when to fit it in, in your busy life, you know, and that was a really special memory for me of times that we shared our hearts in a different way than you typically would in the busyness of family life.
1: And you would do that at this breakfast? You would write in Uh, your journal? Not always.
0: No, we'd usually do the breakfast would just be a fun thing, but At some point around the New Year's, we do it as like a family night, I think, or on a Sunday night after church. And I actually still use those questions as my own personal reflection every year, the same ones. So Mm -hmm. I have a document that has all of the years, you know, since I started doing it. And I ask my husband to do it now with me. Eventually, when my kids are a little older, although maybe they are old enough now, I've never asked my kids to do it with me. But my Noah is eleven now; he could do this. Oh,
1: totally! Yeah. So we
0: can start making this more of a family. And I would activity.
1: love to know what your questions are too. So maybe you can share those on your social media so that we yes, can go along. I will. Yes. Okay. You know the the saying "Old Lang Syne." You know that's yes. the New Year song. It literally means for the sake of old times.
0: Mm. And
1: as we're thinking about the things that we're going to reflect on, and I love that you mentioned highs and lows. Our family's kind of had a tradition over the years at dinner time to just share daily highs and lows. So we're, Mm -hmm. we're used to that, like looking at the good and the bad and the easy and the hard in our lives. And when we look back on our year, you know, often you want to just think about the highlights. You know, sometimes the hard stuff gets pushed aside, unless it's like super terribly painful like a divorce and it just kind of shrouds your whole year. Um, but the good and the bad, those are important parts of our stories. And we think about the sake of old times, like what benefit comes to us from the struggles we have if we don't learn from them and grow from them and figure out how they are weaving into our story. So mm. starting at a young age, 11, you know, Noah's old enough now to start being able to make sense of all of those things and create his own personal narrative that fits into your broader family narrative. And and all of this is part of that, which is, I think, so important for every family.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So a remember when tradition of some kind, a dinner, yeah. a family night, a breakfast, a dessert night. I think this is a fabulous idea.
1: Yep. So- oh, and to the point of how maybe a dinner won't work for your family. I love how your mom did a breakfast. Uh, I have a friend who all of her kids are older and married. They did Christmas this last year in April because that is the only time that they could have all their kids together. They had a tree up, they had Christmas jammies, everything. You get to run your own playbook. You can do it the way it works for your family. And if she can have Christmas in April, you can have your remember when dinner whenever you want. Whenever you
0: want, yeah, exactly. If you feel like you're listening to this podcast episode, maybe you get behind on 3 and 30 during the holidays. You're listening to this in mid-January and you're like, well, I missed it. No, you didn't miss it. Have your remember when dinner whenever you want and that'll work. In today's episode, we're talking all about how traditions can strengthen families. Similar to a tradition, I have a daily ritual that strengthens me as a mother, and I needed to pause my conversation with Vanessa to tell you about it. Each night, I write in my Flex of Gold journal, which is a three-year journal where you write down one golden moment you experience as a mother each day. This helps you to see the good in your life and in your children, and it also makes sure that the precious moments aren't lost or forgotten. This would be an incredible holiday gift for yourself or for another woman in your life. And I want to share an audio message I received from a mom in the 3 and 30 community about the ways that the Flex of Gold Journal has blessed her life. If after hearing her experience, you decide you need one too, you can order one at 3 podcastcom flexofgold. Here's an audio message from Louisa.
2: Hello, my name is Louisa Perks. I live in Omaha, Nebraska, and I have five little ones. When I think back on how the Flex of Gold journal has documented this specific chapter in our lives and impacted my attitude towards motherhood now and aided me during this time, like it's actually a full blown miracle. I started in the fall of 2020 and haven't missed a day since. I keep uh, running tally on the notes on my phone so I can quickly jot golden moments down as they happen. And then in the evenings or on Sundays, I'll write three or four at once. My entire family is always reminding me, Mom, you have to write that down. And even during bedtime, instead of picking a picture book to read together, they often ask me to read from this. And they laugh and laugh or will often request specific stories or certain memories. This isn't to say that motherhood isn't hard, like every single day, and that I don't respect the struggle. But I don't need to be consistently reminded of the struggle. Being a mom does that on its own. And honestly, my journal has gotten me through some really dark, hard times and through many tears. Uh, Like in the lonely hours of the night with anxiety and depression, I can honestly look through this book and see light and see goodness, and I'm filled with gratitude and honestly I'm filled with hope. I've told my children that this book is a testament to how much I adore being their mother and that's how much it means to me. It's that sacred, almost like scripture, and it's probably my most valued possession. I love it that much and have purchased so many more for my sisters and for my friends and for myself in the future. My only regret is that I didn't have this sooner. It's honestly a tragedy. So Rachel, thank you so much. For me, this has brought out the very best of this journey of motherhood.
0: Tears, right? Such a tender testimonial, and it means so, so much to me. Thank you, Louisa, for sharing your heart, and I can relate so deeply to what you said about how this journal doesn't necessarily take away the hardships of motherhood and of life, but it's a reminder of all that is good and hopeful and worth fighting for. To everyone else listening, if you feel prompted to give this journaling practice a try, you can order a Flex of Gold journal at 3 and 30 podcastcom slash flexofgold, and use the code 3 and 30 for 10% off. Keep in mind that you need to order by December 15th if you want the journal to arrive before Christmas via standard shipping, or if you want to pay for expedited shipping order by December 19th, or overnight shipping order by December 22nd. Really, no matter when you decide to start this type of journaling, I know it will bless your life, and I hope you'll go to 3 and 30 podcastcom slash flexofgold to learn more. I also want to thank this episode's sponsor, which is a company that has been a consistent partner of 3 and 30 for the past two years, and I am incredibly grateful. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Are you feeling stuck with any decisions that need to be made or problems going on in your family or personal life? I want you to know that I cannot recommend therapy highly enough, especially for parents, because we are managing kids' schedules, friendships, mealtimes, and emotions along with our own. Therapy has helped me recognize my thought and behavior patterns, which helps me solve problems more quickly. It's so empowering to be able to find your own solutions instead of feeling stuck or helpless. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash three and thirty. That's BetterHelp, slash three and thirty. What is your second takeaway for us? Okay,
1: I love a good theme, right? In any organization, I think it's important for people to know their why and what's most important now. And, you know, for my business, Chatbooks, my husband and I, we made a really clearly defined mission statement for our business, which is to strengthen families. And every year we land on a theme, which is most important to help our business grow. Mm. And we do the same in our family. Years ago, we landed on our mission statement, which we call the Quigley Creed. Mm. And it hangs on the wall. We repeat it often. It's kind of the guiding light. What is it? Okay, it is Quigley's are respectful, responsible, considerate, and kind.
0: Mm, I love it. It's your family mm-hmm. values. And a it's creep. our family values.
1: Yes. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that the kids are always <laughs> all of those things, but at least we know what we stand for. In our business, our mission is to strengthen families. Mm. So we like to have a focus for our business every year. We like to have a focus for our family. And the first year that we did this, I chose count on the Quigley's. And I made this, or I had a, a plaque made that hung in our home. And, you know, we tried to make a family cheer and a song around it. I was, I was going all in.
0: Yeah. And you're a musician. So that works. For
1: you. <laughs> I'm a musician. They didn't really buy in on the song. They thought the little cheer was dumb, but. The idea of being able to say, oh, count on the Quigleys, like that is our theme of the year. And anytime something got particularly hard, we had our mission statement to turn to, but also that yearly focus. Over the years, it's come with less fanfare, but we'd like to choose every year a focus for our family. And this last year, it has been look up. Hmm. And I'm not the one picking it. Like now that my kids are older, I let the kids chime in. Especially, And these thoughts start to come out around our Remember When dinner when we start thinking about the Mm. next year and what we want. And I start to hear themes come up and ideas start percolating. And generally later in the month, I will announce, like, this is what our theme is going to be. So this year it is look up. And instead of a chair and a song and everything, I usually just print something off on Canva, pick like a quote or a scripture or something that goes with it and hang them in the house, give them to all the kids that don't live at home. But it's just made a huge difference in just having a collective focus or theme for the year. Hmm. And I know a lot of people pick like a word for the year. My friend yeah. Shawnee Iyer, she's been doing this for years. Mm-hmm. Um, picks a word that she personally uses. And I do also pick my own word. Often I keep it secret just because I don't know. It feels sometimes it it's feels kind of a personal. little more Meaningful, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that idea of having something that can guide you and you can keep coming back to throughout the year, and it's just, I think, is really powerful.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is beautiful. It's something I've heard of other families doing. I've never done in my family of origin or my family now. So this is something that I would like to try. I know some people do this at back to school time. They'll pick like yes. a theme for the school year and you can get creative with it.
1: Which often that time of year feels like a new year, right? It's I think true. as you get older kids all in school, it's like the second New Year's.
0: Yes, it really is. So, so both
1: times work, but it's been powerful for me as a mom who's always looking for a teaching moment to have something to come back to. Like, oh, this is our family theme. Look, this is important. You should watch this video or read this because. This is what we care about. Or, you know, just as a reminder, especially in the power in the theme, look up for me, it came from all my kids down on their phones constantly. So it's like Mm -hmm. literally look up. But also there are people around us. We can get so bogged down in our own problems and worries and stresses that sometimes the only way out of that world of stress and anxiety is to look up and be a helper to someone else. And yes. so yeah. just being able to quickly say that, we know what we're talking yeah. about. I
0: love that the theme is general enough that you can really apply it to a lot of different situations and bring it out and talk about it in different contexts with your kids. So yeah. that's a beautiful example. And I think families can brainstorm, obviously, what works for them. You could probably even do a Google search online for some different oh, ideas yeah. for family themes, and there will be things there. So- Okay. And then what is your third takeaway? I know this is really your specialty because you are the chapbooks queen. So tell us about this. Mm
1: -hmm. Chapbooker in chief. Yeah. (laughs) I believe in the power of photo books. Surprise, Mm -hmm. surprise. (laughs) Like we said, the end of the year can just be, you could just find yourself collapsed in a pile of exhaustion, right? Mm -hmm. And the last thing you feel like you want to do at that point, is a photo book, right? Because typically those take a lot of time and can be stressful, but that's where chapbooks comes to the rescue. But we know that when we look at family photos, that the endorphins that can come can override all of those negative feelings. So again, you don't have to have the remember when dinner right on New Year's Eve. You can do it whenever you want. You can make your end of the year photo book whenever you want. Mm. But the idea is to create a book that is reflective of your family's experiences throughout the year. yeah, And it can be super comprehensive. It can be a fatty chatty is what we call it. Our books can go up to 366 pages. You can include like all of the things if you want, or you could just make a highlight reel of it. Mm-hmm. Because something that I believe very, very strongly is something is better than nothing. Yes. And I love that quote, don't let perfect be the enemy of the good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Yeah. A photo book of the year can be such a good thing for your family, but don't worry about making it Perfect or comprehensive, or to have everything, you know, all of the things. Yeah. Something's better than nothing. Yeah. And something that I've learned through my years, I just turned 50 this year, is that our memories are not as good as we think they are going to be. There are things that I literally do not remember that every now and then I'll have a sibling or even a child be like, oh, my favorite memory from such and such is this. And I'm like, it's gone, (laughs) unless I have a photo of it. A Mm. photo can anchor. That memory, it has that power. So, I love making a yearly photo book, one for my family. Again, you can make it as comprehensive or as simple as you'd like. It's also fun to make books for each individual child.
0: Mm. And
1: that can end up being a bigger job. The key there is to use machine learning. I think mm. pretty much everywhere I save my photos, Google Photos is kind of my go to, but has a way to filter for a face. Mm. And if, so if you want to make a book for your child of the things that they've done for that last year, it's as easy as going to your library, finding their face. It automatically pulls in all those photos for the year, and then you can drop them in an album, and then they've got their own yearbook of their life.
0: Yes, that's so brilliant. And I wanna remind listeners that we've had a couple of episodes on photo organization. We had Miss Freddie come on and talk. And we had I know Kira Sly came on. She's a professional photographer and gave some tips over daily quick Routines you can have to keep your photos in a decent place so that it's easy to make these photo books at the end of the year because you've already kind of sorted and you can just kind of pop them in. Chatbooks has so many. You have the busy mom in mind when you created Mm -hmm. your software to create these photo books. Can you tell us a little bit about? I mean, if moms haven't made a photo book with Chatbooks, they may be thinking, Oh, I have to sit down and drop into all the different templates and choose the... I mean, creating a photo book a few years before Chatbooks Mm -hmm. was a big undertaking. So can you explain kind of what the process is with a Chatbooks photo book and how you have tried to make it as easy as possible for moms to do this?
1: Yeah. Well, I was a diehard scrapbooker, like the OG scrapbooker with the paper and the scissors and the markers and the stickers and all that fun stuff back in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. dates me. I loved that way of documenting our family story and when everything shifted from analog photos to digital there were companies that created ways for you to make mm-hmm. essentially a digital scrapbook but like you're saying there were so many templates and options and yeah. and different things to choose from that it was like it was like decision overload i could not get through a project and so Years went by, no scrapbooking, no photo book. I wasn't even printing any photos. And all of a sudden I realized I need a solution to get these pictures off of my phone where my kids are never going to see them and into their hands so they can hold on to the story of their life. And so we decided to take all of the decisions away. So basically there are very few things that you have to, to do when you want to make a chapbook. You pick the size of the book you want, the frequency in which you want to get the books. And then it's basically a photo per page. There is a collage option, so you can actually put more photos on the page. But there's no templating or anything. You can add a caption if you want to or you don't have to. I actually don't put captions on very many of my books before Mm. printing. I sometimes go back and handwrite them. But, like, the speed of the way my life is going, I don't have time for sitting at the moment. I just get them printed because something's better than nothing. Done is better than perfect. But, yeah, and, and, like, hearing about you, you talking about there are daily habits that you can – incorporate in your life that help you stay organized on an ongoing basis so that at the end of the year, you already have all the folders that you need and all the photos favorited that you want. But even with the best intentions (laughs) I have for habits, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'll do really well for a while and then I fall off the wagon, right? We all do that. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that makes making a yearbook so easy with chatbooks is with our month book subscription, you pick 30 photos every month Mm. of photos that you want to hold on to. You know, the milestones of that month or, most importantly, the everyday magical moments. Because in the course of our lives, there are lots of things that are happening that we don't even realize we want to hold on to. It's those in-between seemingly insignificant parts of our daily life that right now feel mundane, but years down the road, that's where the real magic is happening in our families. Mm. So I love to fill each of my month books with the big things that have happened that month, but also those little in-between moments. Then at the end of the year, there's an option, if you've been a month book subscriber, to just click, make it into a yearbook, and the click of a button, we've made your yearbook for you. So that's another way that chatbooks helps with your yearbook.
0: That's perfect. And giving you that monthly deadline gets you to, once a month, think about it, curate your favorite 30. It's like a, it's a deadline, like I said. Yeah. And can we I? all need
1: a deadline to get the job done. Oh, yeah. And there's something really, for me, I love just having that moment to look back on the month. I know we've been talking a lot about the power and looking back in the year and how that can make you feel good and help you set an intention for the next coming year. But you can have that same thing every month with your mm-hmm. month books. As I fill my month book each month, and you're just like, oh, okay, we, we did some good things. We had some good moments. Or, you know what, that was kind of tough. Like, And I'm glad that we have on the other side of that. Or there's just... And an opportunity every month to yes. reflect and look back yeah, and be grateful.
0: Yeah. And I love the idea of having a, a yearly tradition or kind of a deadline around when you'll create this yearbook. My friend, Jamie Cook, who's been on the podcast several times. Oh, I love her. She, she creates a cook. She calls it the cookbook. So um, it's good. her family's yearbook every year. And it's a Valentine's present for her family, for her kids. And Aww. so that's like her deadline, That every year she knows by Valentine's Day, so in the month of January, she's really kind of curating the photos from last year, gathering them up, putting them in a simple book so that she can give it to her family on Valentine's Day. And it forces her to do it because her kids know and they expect it and they ask about it and they're excited about it. And they love it. Yeah, kind of building in these deadlines and traditions around memory making and memory keeping can be really, really powerful. So, yep.
1: And I know a lot of people like to give photo books for holiday gifts, and they do make really, really great holiday gifts. But when it comes to a yearbook, you want to be able to have, like, the end of the year, all the in Christmas the book. stuff in yeah. that book. So that solves that problem. She can give it in February. Mm-hmm. But we've also seen lots of chapbookers using that school year as the year. They make their yearbooks starting in the school year through the summer. Oh, nice and then they gift them for Christmas. Christmas.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's brilliant. So if you
1: really, really want to give a yearbook at Christmas maybe set your year to start at the school year. Yeah, that's
0: such a great idea. Well, Vanessa, thank you so much for these concrete ideas. I know moms listening are feeling inspired. So what final call to action would you like to leave them with? Do you have a chapbooks promo or something that you want to leave them with as they end the episode?
1: Yes, of course. We have a promo for you, and I will give that to you, and you can put it in the show notes and share it with your community. Okay. Mostly my call to action is just – Don't stress. Like Mm. all of these things. There's so many great, wonderful ideas. And I've just given you some of my favorite ways. But I don't do all of these every single year. I've already told you that I didn't do my remember when dinner last year because it felt too hard. Mm. There's just no need to stress about family memories. And it's hard to really connect with your family and feel gratitude if you're feeling stressed. Yeah. So take what works for you and what doesn't. Maybe just make a note of it. And maybe later down the road, it'll be something that you're ready for.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's such a beautiful reminder. Thank you for ending on that, Vanessa. And thank you for coming back and sharing more of your wisdom with us on 3 and 30.
1: Mm, Thank you, Rachel. And thanks for all you do. I've learned so much from you and your community.
0: What a fun conversation. And like Vanessa said at the end there, no stress, friends. Take an idea from this episode that excites you and run with it. But you don't have to do it all right now or ever. You are doing a really good job and your kids are so lucky to have you, whether or not you will ever host a New Year's Day breakfast. Just do what fits you and your kids will be blessed for it. But if the idea of incorporating some New Year's traditions into your home excites you, here's a recap of three of Vanessa's ideas for how to reflect on the past year and move forward into the new year with your family. First, consider hosting a Remember When celebration. This can be a dinner, a family night around the fireplace, a breakfast, whatever works with your season of life. You can make it fancy or casual. The key is to ask everyone to reflect on some questions such as what is the most important lesson you learned this year? What challenges did you overcome? What new skills did you learn? Who or what had the biggest impact on your life this year? And what advice would you give your last year self? And if you're interested in seeing the questions that my mom asked us to fill out every year that I still fill out every year, Those are included in the free worksheet that I created to go along with this episode. You can get that at 3 and 30 podcastcom slash new year, and I'll put that in the show notes. Second, decide on a family theme for the new year. I love Vanessa's idea of look up as a theme. So simple, but with so many different types of applications you can talk about as a family all year long. Brainstorm with your kids some different values you share or things you want to work on and see if you can work it into some sort of a theme for the year. And third and finally create a photo book with memories from the year fill it with accomplishments setbacks highlights and everyday moments looking at photos produces a flood of endorphins to override the exhaustion and end of year blues plus the book will be a treasure for your whole family for years to come to make this even easier for you to do chatbooks has given 3in30 listeners a discount of 20 percent off with the code 3in30 and that's good for an entire year Download the Chatbooks app to get started making a really easy photo book right from your phone. As we end this episode, I just want to say thank you for tuning in during such a busy season. We're all in this together, doing our best, and I'm grateful to be on this motherhood journey with you. Keep looking up, see what I did there, and I hope you have a beautiful week with your family.